What if I start to take radical responsibility for my reality and the people that I'm attracting into my life and the men that I am romantically relating to? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if it's not happening to me? What if it's happening for me? And beyond that, I have a choice. I have a say in what I am willing to tolerate and what I am willing to allow into my life. I wanted to feel who I am when I am completely in my own energy without any interference, any distraction, any disturbance. Who am I 100% in my own energy? Because to me, this was not a journey of staying away from sex. This was a journey of coming back to myself and going deeper into my deepest fears, my deepest shadows and wounds, and committing to healing and resolving that within myself to give myself and my future partner and my children the opportunity to live a love beyond anything that we could imagine. Welcome to It's Not What You Think, the podcast that takes you on a transformative journey to rewrite your story of greatness and reawaken your soul's purpose. I'm your host, Celine DaCosta, a subconscious mind expert, master coach, and believer in the limitless power and magic that lives within all of us. My intention in this podcast is to propel you into your next level of success so that you are free to create the life that your heart most desires. Through deep, actionable insights, personal stories, and world-class guests, I'll provide you with the tools, strategies, and resources you need to unlock the fullest expression of who you're meant to be in this lifetime so that you can consciously design a reality that is beyond what you could have ever dreamed of. Join me on this journey to personal growth and evolution, and let's live our lives in accordance with our highest soul's calling. This podcast is your weekly check-in to help this path become more simple, obtainable and fun. Thank you for tuning in today. And now let's dive in. Hello, family. Welcome back to It's Not What You Think. Today's episode is a solo episode. And I am diving into a topic that has been extremely big and important in my life for the past two years. And at first, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to share this on the podcast. But even in the past few weeks, I've had so many people ask me about this. And I have had so many conversations and questions around this that I've decided to go ahead and share um, more on this topic publicly, which is the topic of my decision to recently take a period of celibacy for a year and nine months. (laughs) So before I dive into why I did it and and the lessons and insights, just want to make sure that we're uh, clear on a couple of things. The first thing is how I am defining celibacy. And in this episode, I'm defining celibacy as a, a period of time that that is taken to be sexually abstinent, which means, well, it means no sex. And by sex, I mean penetration, oral, um, and yeah, just sexual interactions. It does, it does not include kissing, um, although I did not do much of that either. And, uh, and it, it doesn't exclude, uh, sorry, include energy exchange. So for example, Tantra workshops where you're doing, um, where I've done, uh, exchanges where, you know, I'm breathing, I'm doing like breathing sexual energy in front of someone else. So that just so we're super crystal clear on what I mean by celibacy, it means that I chose to physically, um, not be in sexual engagement with anyone during a period of time. The second thing I want to clear before we dive into the story and I share my journey with you is that this podcast episode is not me endorsing celibacy. It's me, not me saying you should do it. You shouldn't do it. It is just me sharing my personal experience about this period of my life where I made a choice for the reasons that will become very clear by the end of this episode. So 
now that we have cleared that off, um, yeah, I want to start by opening up and sharing a bit about why is it that I recently, um, well, recently I decided to go through this period of celibacy for a year and nine months. And for clarity, at the time of this recording, I have completed that celibacy. So um, I'm speaking to you from reviewing uh, the past, you know, the, the, the one year and the nine months from hindsight. And it was something that I really wanted to do. It just felt too tender to talk to you about this while it was happening. But now that that period has completed and I have integrated and gathered the lessons that feels like the right time to go ahead and share them. So before I dive into the period of celibacy and why I decided to do this, it's important to set the stage. And um, what I like to do is share with you the story of what led me to this decision in the first place. The short version is heartbreak, a health scare, and a deep understanding that if I wanted to create a new reality in my life when it comes to love, I had to drastically change things up. Back in early 2022, uh, this was January of 2022, I was at the tail end of a one and a half year relationship that for me in that moment in time as that version of myself, this relationship was the one. The man that I was with, I thought I was going to marry him. I was going to have children with him. Like this was the one for me. And in the months towards the completion of our relationship, things started to fall apart in a really challenging way. And I'm not going to dive into the story just to honor my version and his version of, you know, the, the, the specific story of why things started to unravel and fall apart. But let's just say that it started to become really clear that we were the, the directions that we were both growing in and that we were going in made us incompatible for the future that we were both envisioning for ourselves. And because we didn't have the proper tools or know-how or communication to really be able to navigate this together, things started to get just really, there was a lot of adversity, a lot of friction, a lot of fighting, a lot of feeling misunderstood and just a lot of pain, a lot of trauma rubbing against each other. A lot of my trauma rubbing against his trauma and, and vice versa. And the both of us getting triggered in ways that, that really profoundly hurt the both of us. And I did not want to end this relationship, even though intuitively for months I was getting the hit. I was getting the message from my intuition saying, you need to close this out. He's not going to do it. You need to do it. And I kept ignoring the signs, kept ignoring the message. And it got to the point where in early January, again, my, my intuition kept pinging me and I was like, nope, don't want to do it. I'm so in love. Like I'm supposed to be with this person. We're just going to make it work. We're going to, we're going to find a way like that persistence that sometimes can be such a gift, but can also on the shadow side be holding on to something way, way, way after its expiration date. And so because I was in that denial and not only that, I had months and months and months of resentment and anger that was piling up inside of me of all these moments where one of the things that I used to struggle with in my past relationships was setting boundaries and standing up for myself and not compromising myself. And these are a few of the reasons why, as I'll share later in this episode, I also decided to, to take this period for myself. And... So I just kept swallowing my truth in the last few months of the relationship, just kept being like, okay, I want to ask for this thing that I need, but he's not going to give it to me. So why bother? Or finding all these moments where he would want things for us to do something together or for, for us to live, make certain living decisions. Um, and I just kept basically giving him the power of choice 
and having my needs and my desires be second choice. And not only that, but I would get angry about it and I'd be pissed that I wasn't getting what I wanted, that my desires weren't being met, that I wasn't being heard, and I would just keep it to myself. So it was compounding, compounding, and building up like a freaking volcano ready to erupt. And because of my own behavioral patterns at the time, I just kept pushing it down, kept neglecting it, and was not acknowledging how unhappy I was and how angry I was and how much I was not expressing my, my true, authentic self. So it really started to get to the point where I was fading. This was end of 2021. I felt like a flower that was wilting and dying by the day. And being in that relationship, in that tail end of that relationship, felt like I was dying inside and completely losing myself and completely losing. I remember getting to this point end of January where I just, I couldn't feel joy and I felt so cut off from my own source of happiness and joy and vitality. And the best way I can describe it is it felt like my life force was just draining out of me by the day until I was absolutely empty. And in early January, I got these little, I was in Bali with, living with, with my former partner and I got these little bug bites on my leg. And I remember seeing these bug bites, like it, at first it looked like a normal, just a normal red, you know, puffy bug bite, but they wouldn't go away. They just, they just didn't seem to want to heal. And a few weeks went by and these bug bites started to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they started to get extremely painful to the point where I woke up one day, one morning and I, I just, I couldn't walk. And I was really scared because it was hurting. The, these bug bites were getting so infected and so inflamed that it got to the point where I, I couldn't even walk. And I remember this was a Tuesday morning and this was the beginning of the end and what really initiated this entire journey. It was Tuesday morning. It was around 7 a.m. And I remember um, the night prior to that, I was commenting to, to my former partner. I was commenting, hey, I, I'm really, my leg's really hurting. It's really itchy. I wonder what I should do. And I, and I was getting really distressed about it. And I remember him saying to me something along the lines of, oh, just, just you know, suck it up and go to bed. Just, just, just go to bed. It'll fix it. I remember being shocked by that, by that cold, cold demeanor, which was really one of the big signs that ultimately led me to dissolve the relationship. And I went to bed, woke up the next morning and couldn't walk. And I remember telling this to my former partner and him saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. And then he's packing up and I'm like, are you, are you leaving? Are you going to work? And he says, Yeah. Um, because if, if, if I'm stay at home, you're going to distract me. And I remember having this moment of, oh, oh, okay. And asking him, can you please stay with me? I'm in a lot of pain. Can you please stay? And him saying, no, I need to go bringing me a glass of water by the, bed, the, the bedside and then going off to work and leaving me, um, just in my bed, having a really hard time walking. And I called my friend, one of my dear friends, and I told her what had happened. And she said, you know, this is not okay. Um, I'm going to send a cab. I'm going to send a driver to come and get you. And you're going to pack up your things and you're going to come home and you're going to be with me and I'm going to take care of you. Long story short, I did that. And less than 24 hours, I had to go to the emergency room because I had a, an infection, a really, really bad uh, lethal bacterial infection in three of the areas of my leg that had been bitten. And I remember that 24 hours later when I was in the hospital, I was laying on the hospital bed. I was by myself as I had taken, um, my friend couldn't accompany me and I had taken a, a, a cab to, to the hospital on my own. And I remember being in this room and they're cutting open my leg without any anesthesia. Uh, you know, it's, it was Indone it's Indonesia, so they had different protocol. 
and I am screaming and screaming from the strongest pain I have ever felt in my life. Whatever a 10 out of 10 pain was for me, that was a 20 out of 10. I, I had never thought that such physical pain was even possible. And I remember screaming to the point where my eyes were rolling to the back of my head and I was just seeing white, the white fluorescent light of, of the hospital ceiling and thinking to myself, oh my God, is, is this how it's going to end? Is this, what's, is this it? And having this moment where it became clear to me, the message that came through is if, if you don't leave him, you will die. And I said, oh, and you know, I was already dying inside, but it was like a very clear visceral message. This needs to end and things need to change drastically. You cannot go in this direction anymore. So after having the procedure where, where they cut everything open, you know, drained, drained my wounds and, and, and I had realized how serious this bacterial infection was, um, it's called MRSA. And they, they had told me, you know, you need to take care of this. If this gets to your bloodstream, it could be really, really dangerous. And I was in the space of literally not being able to walk, staying at my friend's house, wishing that my partner would be there with me or would have been at the hospital with me and being in this completely broken state of, I feel empty inside. I feel unsupported. I feel like literally I am dying and... In all of that, the man that I chose as my life partner is literally not here in the moment when I need him the most. And even worse, he's emotionally unavailable to, to be with me in this moment of literally critical health scare. And I sat with that, you know, I had to sit with literally in the bed in a lot, a lot of pain. I had to sit with this realization of the choices that I had made and the rage that I had overlooked, which literally had manifested into infections, boils on my leg. I mean, talk about metaphysical. Talk about mind-body connection. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that that's what happened with the amount of anger and rage that I wasn't managing within myself, that I wasn't addressing because I wanted love so badly. And seeing the way that that manifested through physical illness that landed me in the emergency room in the worst pain I had ever experienced in my life. That to me was a breaking point of, oh, no, 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 no. This needs to change. And interestingly enough, I've had a breaking point that feels similar to this, multiple breaking points in my career. And I talk about this in other podcast episodes, in my first few episodes of, of, this, of this podcast. I share more about my story and the breaking point that I had that led me to, to realize when I was working in corporate New York. And I decided I needed to change my life and I needed to design a life that I was proud of. That was one of the big breaking points in my life of realizing that, you know what, I cannot be working in corporate anymore. Um, I, I'm not free. I'm in a cage. I'm dying inside when it comes to my purpose. And then I had a breaking point that helped me drastically pivot directions and and start what eventually became my purpose-driven career, my, my business, and, and my, my soul's calling. And then I had another breaking point a few years after that, which was also around health and involved love. And at the time, I was being invited by the universe to recognize that there was something that needed to change in my love life as well as my career. I was ready to address the career piece. I was not at the time ready to address the love piece because I had to go on onto this next journey where I was... In, a, in one partnership and then another partnership, this one for a year and a half, and, and essentially got me to the point where, where, I, where I'll share more with you around why I decided to um, you know, dive into my celibacy. So all in all, I've, I've experienced a few breaking points 
in the past, in my life, in my story. But this was the one around love and more specifically around self-love and how unnegotiable self-love had to become from that day starting forward. So a few days after being in the hospital room, I took another very difficult decision, which is to dissolve my relationship with my former partner. It was really, really, really hard because I didn't want to do it, but I knew in my soul that it was him or it was me and I was going to choose me. I felt, as I mentioned, this visceral feeling that if I didn't do this, I would die. And for me to start my healing journey on a both physical level, because I needed to heal from what was happening in my leg and the infections, as well as my journey on self-love, I had to walk this path alone. And so when I talk about my celibacy and my decision to be on my own, what catalyzed this was hitting this rock bottom moment which really became a turning point for me to start walking my path and being fully committed to my path of self-love and self-respect and being with myself and truly starting to heal the wounds that I was carrying around relationship, around family, around partnership. And so what I... When I made this decision, it was actually funny enough. I had decided that it was going to be only a year. I said, I'm going to give myself one year to truly look within and really look at what are the reasons why I've continued to compromise myself. What is creating this reality where I am attracting men who are emotionally unavailable to me, who are not respecting me and listening to me and seeing me and meeting me. How am I not meeting myself? How am I not respecting myself? How am I not standing for my values and standing for what is important to me? How am I becoming an energetic match for, for someone who's mirroring back this back to me? Because of course it's very painful. It is extremely painful when you are with someone and I'm specifically now talking about romantic, but this also applies in business or friendship. When the person that you are relating with doesn't seem to value you or respect you or hold you to the same regard that you hold them, it's extremely painful to look at. And also, when we shift from the victim mentality into the creator mentality, we also need to understand that everything in life is a mirror. And every person that you're relating to is mirroring you back to you. And this was one of the many things that I learned during my, you know, almost two years of my own, is that what if I start to take radical responsibility for my reality and the people that I'm attracting into my life, and the men that I am romantically relating to, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if it's not happening to me? What if it's happening for me? And beyond that, I have a choice. I have a say in what I am willing to tolerate and what I am willing to allow into my life. It started with this inquiry. That's how my path started. And it became really clear to me that if I was really going to take this path seriously, if I was really going to walk the path to healing, to nurturing my self-worth, to cultivating self-love, I had to walk this path alone. Why? Because my biggest fear was to be alone. And for me to truly grow and overcome that fear, there was no other way but to go into it and to be alone and to do this on my own. Not because I was being self-sacrificing, 
not because, you know, this is what I thought I had to do, but because when I tuned into my soul and asked myself, what do I truly, 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 truly need right now? The answer was, I need to learn how to love myself deeper, how to raise my self-worth and how to be with myself in happiness and joy and harmony. This is what I need to learn. And for me to learn this, I need to walk this path step by step on my own because there are things on this path that I need to discover And I'm not going to be able to do this for now with someone else or being entangled in someone else's energy. I need to come back to me. I need to return to me. And this started a really, really powerful journey of coming back to myself. And for context... This was not an easy decision. This was not an easy thing to do. At the time that I made this decision, I was 31 years old. And I had started to become sexually active when I was 14. So in those 16, almost 17 years between becoming sexually active and making this choice, I had spent in, when I was third. Right before I turned 30, I had spent six months in celibacy. But before that, those 15 years, I had not ever gone more than two months without sex. And yeah, there's a part of me that feels really vulnerable just admitting this publicly, you know? Because there's that shame, there's that conditioning around what what will people think of me for admitting that? What would people say? There's that need that rises within me to justify, yeah, but I was in, you know, in that time period, I was in six years worth of relationships, so it wasn't that many people, and da 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 And I'm noticing these parts of me that, that just want to justify, and I'm going to be with them, and I'm just going to own that. That was my reality. And looking back now, in hindsight, with the tools that I have, with the skill set that I have, with the understanding that I have, and the self-awareness that I have, I understand now why that happened because of my own history with my stepfather, uh, you know, walking out on us and not being a trustworthy figure in my life, which I talk more about in the first couple episodes of this podcast when I share my story because of not having a relationship with my biological father until I was 14 and having the, you know, quote unquote, certain unhealed father wounds. I became sexually active very early to, to justify, to be able to resolve within myself in the best way that I knew how at the time, how I could be seen and loved and met by men. And for me at the time, not knowing what I know now, it looked like, well, if I have sex with them, they will stay, they'll stick around. If I give them what they want from me, then there will be an emotional connection and I'll be able to feel love because then they'll love me, right? And of course we know, now I can see the patterns, I can see the cycles of because I would give myself over like that with, for crumbs of love, the consequence was that I would get abandoned or you know, I, they would walk away and then I would reinforce the pattern of abandonment, the abandonment wound would get reinforced again and again and again. And after, you know, a decade of doing this again and again and again, it becomes a reinforced habit pattern of doing it again, doing it again, doing it again, engaging in the same unconscious patterns and conditioning and recreating the same results at different levels every time. So, one, the first step of my healing journey and being on my own is to take a really honest look at the patterns that I had been perpetuating that created the reality that I was living in. And at that point, I had already done years of 
father healing and mother healing and inner child work. So I was no stranger to the inner work. I've done tremendous amounts of inner work for over a decade. But as I, you know, um, as I once heard, a quote I once heard that I really like is, with every new level, there's a new devil. And during our evolution and embodiment journey, as we are growing and expanding into new levels of operating and being, and we're calling in higher and higher vibrational states, you know, if we want to live a richer, richer life with more love, with more wealth, with more health, and all the other incredible things that we want, we need to expand into that. And for us to expand into that, inevitably, the patterns that need to go in order for expansion to happen are going to resurface from the unconscious and come up for resolution. And that's what happened for me. Because at that stage, I made a decision of, oh my gosh, you know what? I, I do want to live a life in a happy, healthy beautiful partnership, sacred union, where, where we're both loving each other and experiencing levels of love that neither of us have ever seen before, where it's healthy, where we're growing together, where the more I'm with this person, the better I become. I had a desire to experience true love in myself and through another in my lifetime, not to mention a desire to eventually become a mother and have my own sacred family. And I had that desire and I also had the self-awareness to recognize I am nowhere near being an energetic match for that reality right now because I need to sort my shit out. So that's what I went off to do. Sorting my shit out. And this looked like, as I mentioned, taking a really honest look at what are the things I didn't want to see. Such as, I still have work to do around managing my anger and recognizing it and processing it in real time. That was one of the biggest things I had recognized at the time is that I cannot put myself again in a position where my resentment and my anger builds up so much and it goes unchecked because I'm avoiding it to the point where it literally manifests into disease in my body. This will not happen again. So that was the first decision and commitment I made is learning how to get even better, even stronger, even more discerning around how to manage my emotional state so that I am healthy physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. The second decision that I made is that I am learning, I'm committed to learning who I really am. And without, there's another episode that I have recorded on this podcast with Ananda Sarita where we talk about what are the energetic um, consequences of a woman opening her universe up to a man, aka sleeping with him. So I won't go too much into detail here. You can listen to the, that episode if you'd like to know more. But basically, when we as women open ourselves up to a man, there are karmic consequences. It's, it's really, we are taking on his energy. And if we are trauma bonding, which means that there is unresolved trauma within me that now I'm unconsciously using this man to play out and vice versa, the man has unresolved trauma within him that he's unconsciously using or consciously, we, <laughs> both ways. But in this case, I do believe it was quite unconscious for the both of us using me to, to play out his trauma. Then it creates a trauma bond where we are uh, essentially engaging in relationship with each other to play out the subconscious drama that we haven't resolved within ourselves yet, which are the father wounds, the mother wound, the abandonment issues, the rejectment issues, all of these issues that we might grow up with and be conditioned with in our upbringing that we then basically take from our relationship with our parents. And then we unconsciously start to play it out in our relationships, which then creates a toxic and unhealthy relationship dynamic where we're just basically replaying the past into um, a new relationship. And that is also one of the big reasons why we find ourselves in these patterns sometimes with our relationships where it's like we're attracting the same man 
again and again and again or the same woman and it seems like the woman the man changes but the situation is so so similar from the last one and the next one and then it makes us think oh my gosh is this how men are is this how women are is this all this is what a relationship is meant to be because that's all I've ever experienced but no that's not actually the truth the truth is just that you haven't resolved the subconscious pattern so it just keeps replaying again and again and again and that's what happened and that's what I needed to break So that was another piece was really understanding what are these subconscious patterns that I'm playing out repeatedly and who am I beyond those patterns? And this is a question that I've asked myself repeatedly in every aspect of what I work on. Those of you who have been following my journey, you know that I've rewritten my business story. I'm rewriting my money story. I'm rewriting my love story. Like any time that I see a certain area in my life in health, in relationships, in money, in career, whatever it may be that feels in distortion and disharmonious and chaotic, for me, that's a telltale sign that there are patterns and there's conditioning that I carry inside of me that needs to be resolved in order for me to dissolve that reality and create a new one that is in alignment with my soul's destiny and purpose. Another thing that that I really had to look at during this period of celibacy was relating to men without expectation. So it was also around rewriting the way that I related to the masculine. A lot of people have asked me, Celine, why did you have to be so drastic about it? I mean, couldn't you just have maybe dated or or done this work in relation or slowed down but why completely go celibate and that's why in the beginning of this episode I say I'm not endorsing this as a lifestyle although for me it was absolutely worth it and it was really important because I wanted to feel who I am when I am completely in my own energy without any interference, any distraction, any disturbance. Who am I 100% in my own energy? As an empath and a sensitive, it was really, really, really important for me to remember this. Especially because I hadn't really felt that since I was a child. And when I was a child, I didn't have the self-awareness to recognize that this is, this was my soul essence. And one of the biggest benefits that this time off gave me was to be able to really feel myself. Who am I when when I'm not thinking about someone else's needs or how to please someone else or what I can do for someone else? When I just focus on what I need and what's important to me, who am I? And who am I when I'm operating from a place of love and wanting to give because I want to give as opposed to feeling that I should do this or should do that for me to get love, which was the completely wrong approach that I now can, can, can see. Who am I when I'm unwilling to compromise myself? When I'm unwilling to be less of who I am so someone else can feel better? Who am I when... I am in my joy, self-sourced, when my happiness, my joy, and my sense of freedom and contentment comes from inside of me instead of an external relationship that is temporarily giving that to me. Who am I when I take responsibility for my reality and I recognize that what I'm experiencing through another person is just a reflection of the reality that I've set up within myself. 
I didn't feel that I could truly answer those questions until I took the time to really sit in them and to clear whatever subconscious blocks and interference were coming up that were in the way. And to do that, it was work that was emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical. So on the mental realms, I had to look at the stories and I had to look at the limiting belief systems that I was entertaining when it came to men and my belief systems around partnership and relating. And it took me quite a while to go back through my partnership and just really scan it and, and, and review it from a bystander perspective to really review where is it that I went wrong? Where is it that I didn't stand up for myself? Where is it that I compromised myself? Where is it that I didn't listen to what this person needed? Because it's not just about me not being met. It's not about just my needs and what I want, but it was also about the ways that I, I wasn't able to recognize someone else's needs and what they needed and I wasn't able to rise to meet them either. So really seeing the story from my shoes, from his shoes, and from that bystander perspective and recognizing that, yeah, there were a lot of things, there was a lot of belief systems that I had around relating that just were not a match for who I was becoming. And emotionally, it was this piece around anger and really starting to see the ways that I would suppress my emotions because I wanted to be a logical, reasonable woman. And I remember even the first couple months that I started dating my former partner, he would always uh, um, compliment me on, oh my God, you're such a logical, reasonable woman. And because I was getting this positive feedback, which was, you know, consistent with how I've been, I was expected to act since I was a child. Be logical, be reasonable. Don't be the emotional mess because someone else is already taking care of that. I didn't have space to be an emotional mess. I didn't have space to get angry. I didn't have space to allow my emotions to hijack my cognitive thinking. It was not safe for me to not be extremely analytical, mentally driven and in control of myself all the time. And I took that into my relationships where I felt that I needed to be level-headed, rational, reasonable. And part of my journey as well was to say, screw that. I'm angry and this anger needs to come out. And the way that I, I worked on myself for it to come out was in ways that wasn't going to be harmful to other people. So, um, breath work, um, embodiment work, tantra, sound breath movement. It's just the actual tools that I have been learning around emotional and physical regulation all of these years were what I needed to really start to regulate myself and my emotional state moving forward. So really learning how to be with my emotions and not only that, how to be with my scary emotions that I thought I used to believe would scare off men. I needed to go through the process of learning how it would be for me. The other piece was energetic and really doing the work to clear all of the energies and everything that was going on when it came to my past and former partners and, and really understanding that there were energies that were informing my system that were not actually part of who I was. And this started a whole cycle of womb clearing, just energy clearing, breaking the chains, um, cutting cords, energy with energy and, and, and with past partners who had hurt me, uh, coming into a place of forgiveness and, and peace and resolution with every single person I had ever been with. So that was a big part of the process as well, was really coming to peace, resolution, 
and coherence with every single partner I'd had in the past. So that was the spiritual part of this. And then there was a physical well-being, which is that simple, I want to take care of my health. I want to get back into optimal health and really feel my vitality running through my veins again. This looked like the literal taking care of myself. Sleeping eight to nine hours, drinking lots of water, eating healthy food. I went through earlier this year, I went through a six month, almost six month gut, just complete gut reset, clearing, detoxing to really ensure that my body, my vessel was clean and clear of any remnants of the past and anything that was hurting it. And last but not least, during this time, because I had this renewed sense of energy, because I was feeling coming back to myself, the more I came back to myself, the more intuitive I became, the more centered I became, and the more successful I became. And, you know, I was commenting this with, with a friend of mine the other day is that when he was asking me, how is this one year and nine months for you for your business? And I looked back and I'm like, oh my God, actually come to think of it in 2022, my business doubled and more than doubled and it's been growing ever since. So I actually had the most high performance year yet from that time period and realizing that actually the more I came back to myself, the more I came back into my vitality, the more I came back into my joy, the more I could truly feel my soul and realizing that I am worthy of the life that I'm desiring to create. I am worthy of the partnership that I desire to create. I am worthy of what I am envisioning into being and I am love. And the more I love myself, the more I call love in, the more I meet myself, the more I am met, the more I'm kind to myself, the more I'm matched by kindness. And I started to really realize and, and experience and witness the reality of that in my life. The more I came into an embodiment of that, the more clarity I received around my business, running my business. And what is it that I want to create? And what is my mission? What is my purpose? Because cleaning up my act, so to say, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, liberated so much life force energy for me to plug back into my purpose, for me to feed my soul with, and for me to see myself with. Because all of that energy that was previously tied up in past patterns, in past conditioning and past ways of acting and being, all that energy as it was getting resolved and reintegrated back into my system in coherence, peace, love, and harmony, just allowed me to be more of who I am. And being more of who I am, I had more energy for me to look at my business and realize, oh, you know what? I want to pivot direction and I have the energy to do so because my energy is not being tied up on being stressed out about another man who isn't treating me well because I'm not treating me well. I have energy now to think, to feel spaciousness energetically, to really grow and expand into what I'm meant to be. And the more I did that, the more my business grew the more clarity I got on what offers I wanted to have, the more energy I had to serve my clients, which means they got better results, which means they, there was better performance, which means that I was able to increase my value, which also allowed me to increase my rates, which also allowed me to sell more with more ease and so on and so forth. And so this period that I took was really a journey of inner healing and self-discovery in the service of loving myself. And as a result of me loving myself, it allowed me to have more space and energy to fulfill my soul's purpose. So that's what really allowed me to grow and expand into the person I was meant to be. And so now that I'm on the other side of this really profound journey that I've taken with myself and all of the time that I've spent with myself, getting to know who I am, what I believe in, 
what I value, what I want to create beyond the conditioning, beyond the old patterns, beyond the wounding. From here, it feels really good. <laughs> so when people ask me, would you take it back? Would you have, would you have done it a different way? My answer is no, this was the way. This was the path for me. It's not the path for everybody, but it was the path for me. And what initially was a year took a year, nine months because I was trying to give myself a timeline, a fake timeline, mentally driven. But truly, honestly, I would have taken longer if that's what, if that was, that's what my soul needed of me. The journey happened to be a year, nine months because that's what it was. And, and I understood by the time I was ready to complete with my celibacy, it was very clear to me that I was I was ready to be complete and it was very clear to me why, why it was time to close that chapter. And I feel really grateful and really proud that I did not betray myself in all of the many opportunities that I had to break that vow to myself. And so, yeah, why did I decide to do this? Well, hopefully this episode has answered it. But in summary, I would say it was, I wanted to give myself the chance to learn how to love myself and show up for myself in a way that I've never had before. And I can confidently say on the other side of that, that I'm there. And of course I have so much, like love is a never ending journey. There's always more to love. There's always more ways for me to learn to love myself. And as an extension of that, the more I love myself, the more love I can give which I've also experienced. Of course, there's always more. And where I sit here now recording this is, yeah, I feel really proud of myself. I'm falling in love with myself more and more every single day. And I am noticing very, very viscerally the quality of human being and especially of men that are showing up in my life and the way they're meeting me in a way I never could have previously even imagined I could be met. And it's only getting better and better every single day. And so whatever this is, this work is doing, I'm going to keep doing it. Probably not in celibacy, but I will if I need to. I'm not afraid to be on my own anymore. That's what one of, you know, and, and let's, let's actually go into one of the things I want to share with you before I complete this episode is just the, the, the insights, the biggest insights that I've had and, and what I've learned that I believe will be helpful. My biggest lesson was when I am afraid of something, do not avoid it, go into it. And I've known this to be true. It's just the, this was a whole other level of being challenged in that way. For me, my biggest fear was being alone. And for me to really face that fear and overcome it, I had to be alone. And the more alone I was, the more I realized it's not that bad. And the more alone I was, the more I realized actually this is kind of fun. And the more alone I was, I started to realize, wait, this is really fun. I really enjoy my time. I really enjoy quality time with myself. I'm a very interesting person with a lot of curiosities, with a lot of intricacies. I love being with myself. And it got to the point where I'm like, wow, you need to be really awesome for me to take time away from being with me to spend quality time with you which then raised my standards for, the, for how I wanted to be around other people. And because I raised my standards for how I wanted to be around other people, those people, either I met people who met those standards or I, the people in my life just naturally rose to those standards, the ones who were meant to be in my life. And now I'm, re I'm just noticing this beautiful reality of loving the time I spend time with myself and loving the time that I spend with the people I choose to spend time with. It's unbelievable. It's amazing to know that my time is beautifully allotted, that the way I spend my time is pleasurable to me, whether I'm on my own or with someone else. And if I'm not with someone else, I'm just as happy alone. So that was one of my biggest lessons. 
my other lesson was that life does get better when I start to treat everything that is, is happening as happening for me and that I am a choice at changing the reality if I don't like it. And what that means is that when I stopped making it about, especially with men, about how they treat me and how dare they talk to me that way and they don't respect me and they're a-holes, when I dropped the story of blaming them and instead started to own, okay, I am experiencing this reality right now. If I am not okay with it, what inside of me needs to shift? What boundaries do I need to set with this person? What boundaries do I need to set with myself? Do I need to walk away? Do I need to speak up? Do I need to communicate what's happening and give them an opportunity to, to meet me where I'm at? It really allowed me to start feeling extremely empowered with how I was experiencing men in my life because it, it stopped being about me being helpless and me just kind of having to deal with whatever dude came up, rolled up and, and mistreated me. But it became more about me being at choice around the level of masculine that I surround myself with and me knowing that because I'm not afraid to be alone, that I can walk away anytime. And that allowed me to feel confident and playful and joyful with, yeah, with inviting people into my life or setting boundaries or asking them to go when it's time to go. So really being clear within myself, in my reality, and knowing that I'm a choice with the people that I choose to surround myself with was another really big lesson. The third big lesson was energetic hygiene and precision. This was a big, big lesson that I learned during this period, which is really around the importance of keeping my energy body clean. And that means that on a more practical level, when I choose to open my universe, aka have sex with a man, I am way, 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 way more discerning. And what that means is that I will need to have a conversation with him. I will want to have a conversation around boundaries, desires, you know, STIs or STDs, <laughs> um, meaning what it means, relationship status. I don't want to just open myself up to anyone because energetically it doesn't feel, feel clean and clear. And I, knowing that as a woman, when, when we sleep with men, we're taking on a lot. We're taking on their karma. We're taking on their energies. We're taking on the energies of women that they've slept with, potentially. We open our universes up to a lot of what is in that man's universe. And now that I know how amazing my universe feels and how incredible it feels, I don't really want to take anything on that is not mine without consent, without understanding what I'm getting myself into and without having a proper conversation that this person and I are aligned on what is that meaning of that relationship. So there is a certain level of discernment now that has allowed me to feel that like my energy field is clean and clear of anyone else's interference. And what that does for me is it allows me to think clearly, to be in my sovereignty, to be in my own emotions without unconsciously taking on someone else's emotional states, which is very common as an empath. And to know that also physically I am being taken care of. So having this level of discernment allows me to not only operate from a very high levels of performance because all that life is, is really energy. You can have time and no energy you can have tons of hours of time, but if you don't have the energy, it doesn't matter. Energy is the ultimate currency. And for me, my energy has become so valuable to me that I'm just unwilling to compromise it for a one-night stand. I'm unwilling to compromise it for a man who isn't practicing his own energy hygiene and then basically it spills over onto my energetic field. That is just not 
um, yeah, that's not an option for me anymore. So, so being really precise and clean and clear with my energy has allowed me to reach higher and higher states of consciousness, of awareness, of clarity, mental, emotional, spiritual. And it has also, as a consequence, allowed me to attract higher caliber men, either as friendships or as dating or partner potentials. Let's see. And I would say those are my main lessons that I got from that year. And for anyone who's listening and really considering doing something like this, I would say this is, this is a really, really personal choice. And I'm not sharing this from a space of, oh, you should do this too. I'm just sharing the personal benefits that I got. But celibacy or no celibacy, that's not the point. The point is prioritizing self-love and committing to yourself. And what would it look like if you made a commitment to yourself that is so unwavering, so non-negotiable, so grounded and rooted in your well-being? And, and even if you don't love yourself today, even if you're still learning to love yourself, if you just committed to it and didn't stray from it, and decided that this was the new way, what would that look like for you in your life? And that's what I really want to leave you with. It's the inquiry of what could this look like for you if you committed to your next level of self-love that is beyond what the love that you could ever have imagined? What would that look like for you in your life, whether you're in a partnership or not, whether you're celibate or not? What are the next steps to take if you're truly to embrace yourself and being in love with yourself. So that is really ultimately the reason why I wanted to share this episode with you. And I wanted to share this story with you, albeit very imperfectly, is because to me, this was not a journey of staying away from sex. This was a journey of coming back to myself and going deeper into my deepest fears my deepest shadows and wounds and committing to healing and resolving that within myself to give myself and my future partner and my children the opportunity to live a love beyond anything that we could imagine. So yes, I did it for me, but I also did it for him wherever and whenever he is. And I did it for the future kids that I will have so that they can have parents who deeply love each other, who are operating in peace, love, and harmony, and who are not in a codependent, dysfunctional, toxic relationship because I am done with that. I would rather be alone than do that again. And a step beyond that is I choose to do this in love with myself and another, my beloved. So that's what I'm calling into my life now. Sacred union, sacred partnership, and one day sacred family. And I know that is available to me. And my work every day is becoming more and more of an energetic match for that reality. And what that looks like is letting go of the belief systems, the conditioning that kept me vibrating in a lower frequency, that kept me believing in a reality that is not the reality that my soul desires to create in this lifetime. Letting go of that, coming into deeper embodiment of my truth and owning who I really am, my values, my why, my vision, who I am in my heart and soul and really seeing myself in that and owning that and not compromising that for anything or anybody. And it also looks like taking the action steps necessary to turn that vision into a reality, which looks like literally, you know, doing the work, having my daily practice, using my tools when my emotions rile up or my thoughts rile up or whatever starts to interfere with that reality, it's bringing in my tools and applying them. 
It's having the tough conversations. It's saying the thing that I don't want to say because I'm too embarrassed to say it, but saying it anyway because it's my truth. It's making choices that are different than the way that I used to choose, even when it's uncomfortable. And the more I act in alignment to my soul's purpose and my vision, even when it feels icky or it feels uncomfortable, it feels sticky with who I've been in the past, when I act in accordance to soul and who I am creating and designing myself to be, then that's the reality that I start to get met with. And the more I see evidence of that, the more it's motivating. And then it becomes an upward spiral into a different way of being and walking on this earth. So, thank you so much for those of you who listened in. I know this was quite an intimate episode and to be honest I felt a bit self-conscious sometimes because it, it felt so deep and it also felt a little all over the place and it's not as structured as the episodes I normally record so um so thank you for those of you who listened and and I you know my desire is I felt very intuitively called to share this because it just feels important um to talk about openly and so if you have any questions around this or there's any comments, anything more you want to know, then feel free to screenshot this episode, tag me on Instagram. Let me know what your questions are. Let me know what you loved, what insights you had from this episode. I would love to hear from you. And if this is a topic that a lot of people feel express interest in, I'm also happy to, to do any follow-ups. Thank you so much for listening in today and wherever you are in your self-love journey, sending you tons of love and see you in the next one. Thank you, beautiful humans, for tuning in to today's episode of It's Not What You Think. If you loved what you received today, make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on future episodes and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps us reach even more amazing listeners like you. If we aren't already connected on social media, come receive even more tips and inspiration by following me on Instagram at Celine DaCosta or visiting my website at CelineDaCosta.com. After listening to this episode, I invite you to take a few moments to reflect. What stood out to you? What were your key takeaways or breakthroughs? And if there was one action step you could take from this, what would it be? Thank you again for joining me on this journey. I'm sending you so much love and I can't wait to connect in the next episode. Until then, keep sharing your unique gifts and living out your most magical life.